to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do from a law enforcement perspective. And yes, you recognize him. He is also affectionately known as the de-escalator. David D'Agresta from the Tampa Bay area. Uh, thanks for being on the show, Corporal. We appreciate it. A shout out to our sponsors. We also have Motion DSP, AUFire.com, GallsGunner.com, BlueToGold.com, our newest sponsor, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang and Monster. And yes, I'm drinking the uh, tea lemonade. You know, it's a uh, it's a great lemonade flavor for this uh, Monster tea. So check it out if you guys haven't done it. Thanks for the uh, for the energy, guys. Also, Brian Burns with the Free Press at TampaFP.com. Thank you for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceMedia.com, great source for news. And also, we are streaming the eight locations. Three of those belong to Red Voice Media. And on those three Facebook pages alone, we have about a million followers. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Guys, we are doing a free Gauls $50 gift card giveaway today. It's going to happen in less than 30 minutes. It'll be during our second commercial break. So just before... Uh, you know, right now, local time, I'm on Eastern time. Right now, it's, uh, what, 12.07. So just before uh, 12.30, we'll be doing that. And uh, matter of fact, I'm going to get the little uh, scrolling banner going right now so you guys that are watching the show can see. But the number, you may want to write it down. It's uh, area code 863-225-2000. So make sure you write that number down, 863-225-2000. And again, We'll announce when it's time to call in. We'll figure out what caller number we're going to take for that free $50 Gauls gift card giveaway. It'll be a, it'll be something special. So, guys, that said, let's go ahead and, uh, and get this party started. We've got an uh, interesting first talk. I'm glad that yeah, I've been waiting to get David on the show um, you know, alone so we can talk about this. On Police One, they have an article written by Lore Samples. I wouldn't say it's a perfect article, uh, but it's a, it's a great topic. Four Steps to Fixing a broken police career. And she says that broken careers happen for a variety of reasons, uh, whether your career was hurt by committing an egregious act or uh, and it nearly got you fired or you simply had uh, a, a protracted period of less than stellar performance, your career will suffer until you become highly proactive in repairing the damage. The good news is that in nearly all cases, according to our author, you really can mend a broken career. There's a lot of Leos. Look, we cover Leos that do great things on the show. Some of us, well, we've all made mistakes. The, the difference is, is that some of us learn from our mistakes and some of us don't. But, uh, you know, it, I think it's a very interesting article because almost every Leo at some point in his career has been in a situation where, whether it's been with a bad supervisor or per, he's perceived as being lazy or maybe he really did something to screw up or not mention the article, you've done nothing to screw up, but you've just been targeted for whatever reason. Uh, you know, these things can happen. So how do you bounce back and how do you preserve your career? When it comes to careers, according to our article, your reputation is more important than anything else that you bring to the table. In fact, research has demonstrated that career success, power, and autonomy are all related to a person's reputation. This means that you can be the foremost expert in criminal law, but if your colleagues believe that you are not trustworthy, your expertise will cease to matter. Now, she talks about let the many begin, talks about reputations or result of behavior or actions and over a period of time, and generally they're not gained or lost, you know, um, you know, gained or lost overnight. She talks about the good news is that if you consistently perform well and you've proven yourself trustworthy, competent, likable, one mess up is unlikely to derail your entire career. You can bounce back, in other words, and many in your career can uh, be broken down into four steps, according to her. The self-reflection stage, the repair stage, the work stage, the maintenance stage, and each step is important. It should be done in the order that it's listed. And, you know, when we produce this show, 
professionally tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock on Rumble. We'll have links to all these stories. You guys can read the article. But in which she talks about the self-reflection stage, she says if you have a broken career, it will, uh, will not be beneficial to blame other people. And then she talks about the repair stage. Be completely forthcoming about your mistakes. And that's, of course, assuming that you've had mistakes. Uh, you must confront the problem head on, hoping that people will eventually forget. It's one of the worst things that you can do because people absolutely will not forget. Believe it or not, most people are very forgiving because they have made mistakes too. Then third, uh, the work stage. And she says, while the stage is called the work stage, it's really translated to being a model employee. Improve your work reputation. Then she talks about building relationships, arrive early at work, be a great team player, be enthusiastic, know your job very, very well, work, work, work. And then finally, we get to the maintenance stage, ensuring that your hard work is not for not. So maintain your improvements. Uh, don't slack off. In other words, be patient. Absolutely never mess up again due to your own negligence. And, uh, and that's kind of where it ends. So that said, Corporal Dave, David and I have both experienced, like most Leos in their career, have both experienced um, situations like this with the, the only difference is, is that it wasn't really because we did anything wrong, but it's still worthy of a discussion. David. Well, that, that's, the, uh, that's the point here. I mean, the, the article itself only addresses, I say only, it addresses issues where the officer or deputy, the officer himself or herself is uh, in control of what is going on. In other words, you know, the officer is the one that either made a mistake or, you know, having a, a bad a bad stretch because they're going through something at home or personal, they're getting divorced. You know, something's going on, something happens that they should have had control over that causes them to be diminished in the eyes of their agency, other, other you know, coworkers, uh, perhaps the courts and the like. <clears throat> um, so yes, from that standpoint, the article is, you know, accurate. It, it touches all those things. It tells you how to try to repair your career, whether that is going to be successful or not is, is kind of, we'll see. Um, but it, it doesn't touch on the, the side where the officer really doesn't do anything wrong. And as we've seen over the last several years in particular, falls victim to um, basically lies and manufactured uh, details of an incident like Darren Wilson in Ferguson. And I'm not going to mention the, uh, the scumbag's name that he, had, that he had to kill, but he was basically turned into, into a, a, I mean, a pariah is a, is a, a nice way of, as he was attacked relentlessly over something that he did that, that was of no fault of his own. He was doing his job. Uh, he did everything correctly and yet was still drugged down. So the question really is, is in today's day and age is how do you, how do you recover from that? How does an officer, how does an agency fight back against that sort of thing to help that officer recover from something like that? Um, and, I think that's the impossible question. The things that that I went through, um, you know, and and other officers that that may have experienced similar things, is that basically, the more you the more you come for me, the 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 more fight you're going to get. And uh, but it still comes down to the point of of are you going to be able to recover from it, especially especially today? You know, there's been many people that have made the comment to me that. My God, if you, if you had gone through what you went through later in your career, like later on, once it got to these last five or 10 years, the question, the legitimate question was, would you have been able to survive it? And 
it's and we're talking about an in an in custody or a a death that incur occurred during a fight. You know, where I'm taking someone into custody and that person dies. Um, I mean, the the stuff that happened was absolutely unbelievable. And thankfully, it happened years before all the craziness of the internet that we have now. So that's the big question: is when an officer gets involved in an incident where of really no, I want to say fault of his own or her own, uh, it turns into a national spectacle. How does the agency and the officer then work together to survive that? Uh, that that's what's the big question. And, and this article did not address that at all, which uh, so I, in, in a way I didn't really blame her for not addressing it because it's, like I said, damn near an impossible scenario. Well, we talked briefly yesterday, David, about the other the other side trying to drag it out, outspend you. They've got unlimited resources right. and things like that. You know, well, that, that's, that's when, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I mean, the the the, the government. I mean, it, it is it is. If you don't know it, you should know it. That one of their tactics, the government's tactic, the Department of Defense or Department of Justice, sorry, the DOJ, um, other you know federal agencies or other federal uh, agencies, prosecutorial agencies. One of their tactics is basically um, to to drive you into bankruptcy by you know just overwhelming you with their uh, criminal justice load. Their budget is unlimited. They can do whatever they want. They can spend whatever they need to spend. They can drag it out forever, and they can basically run you into bankruptcy um, trying to defend yourself. And the examples of that are many, and we know some of them uh, where they may have survived. And not even on a federal level, just local, state level, they may have survived, but they put them, they basically bankrupted themselves, defending themselves and being found to be innocent or not guilty of, of the charges that they were being uh, accused of. So these types of things are, are, are horrendous to try to, to overcome. Um, but what do and, you, you're always praying and it will happen that something else is going to happen to some other dude with your agency that'll take the attention off of you. And it'll, unfortunately mm -hmm. it'll, it'll go on them and it, and it, yeah. and it will happen. Yeah, it, it does. And and we used to, one of the, one of the old, old school sayings was it, it takes 10, 10 attaboys to undo one. Oh crap. So you make one mistake and it takes you 10, um, getting 10 commendations to overcome the, the one mistake you made. Right. And those aren't the exact words, but I can't really say them. But yeah, it's it's a it's a it's an extremely difficult position to be in to try to dig yourself out of, especially when it's not even your fault or, or not anything that you did quote unquote wrong. Well, thanks, Dave. Guys, uh, we've got a commercial break coming up. It's our first one, so we're about 15 minutes away from our, our gift card giveaway. Stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, you know Motion DSP. They've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years with a robust feed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction, designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. 
and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to, to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low, low quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com. Again, it's motiondsp.com. So, hey, AU Fire stands for Accuracy Under Fire. It's at aufire.com. Now, AU Fire is the gold standard in tactical simulation. And for the first time ever, agencies and Leos can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, or other objects in AU Fire's dynamic force on force scenarios. Ever wonder how your officers would react or wish you could train them in real world situations? And now you can, all while improving their decision making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills thanks to aufire.com. Go to the website, check out the cool videos, learn about the product, aufire.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. I see that Gary LaFay is logged on. He's a good friend of mine. Most of the broken bones in my body came from Gary LaFay. But uh, that said, uh, David DeGresta, we're talking about cops recovering from uh, setbacks in their career. Uh, and and yeah. David and I both have experience in that. Yo, yeah. Boy, oh boy. Um, the, I was, no, I was just going to speak. Uh, Bill Van Ram, one of our longtime uh, listeners, posted a question. He said, if we were working, if we were working now and we were the officers that we were back then, you know, what would, what would it be like for us? And that and would we be able to make it? And the, the short answer to that is no. But the caveat is, is that I've said this many times before, as a police officer in today, if you, do not have the ability to adapt and to evolve with the changing uh, attitudes, the changing environment of police work, then you need to get out before you lose your job and possibly your, your, uh, your freedoms. Um, that's the big thing now is you have to be able to evolve. And I think that going through my career and some of the things that I did, places that I worked, things that I did in, in small units, coming out of those units and doing other things, there was evolution that occurred during that time because the things that you did at one time in your career were certainly not the same things that you did later on or at a different time in your career. And those small evolutions then translate to bigger ones and you then are able to survive a, a career, a, a long-term career in law enforcement for me about 28 years. Uh, so yes, that's the long answer, but the short answer, if I did the stuff, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I, Nope, not at all. Now, now, my answer to that, Bill, would be absolutely. I still have my job, but our situations were were, were very, very different. Mine was involving a lot of undercover stuff, um, corruption at the state attorney's office, and uh, besides God above, let's say my bacon were the notes that I took, and I had extremely detailed notes, um, so much so that there was a search warrant written for my office, a search warrant written for my house. I'm trying to get a hold of all my stuff and i was worried that it would it would disappear and, and and never and i could never use it that's how how much i was worried about it it disappearing but so if it happened today it would be exposed and uh and and i don't think that it i don't think that I, my career would have been salvaged if i wanted it to be so it just would have been more ugly for the department i think um so yeah but just two totally different scenarios so um Guys, well, David, is, is there uh, anything else? Are you ready to move on to the next topic? All right. So, guys, we got some good stuff. So, anyhow, there is hope, depending on, uh, you know, what you did to jam yourself up. And, uh, and of course, a good exit strategy. There's nothing wrong with a good exit strategy, even if you're in the wrong and being able to get out of there, uh, maybe with your pension or, you know, your vestment or just something, you know. But that's where you work with a good police union or good uh, negotiator. Um, 
Guys, moving along here, our very next one that we've got coming up here, and relax, Gary LeFay, we got a, a story with a video component coming up after this one. PoliceOne.com, we have one former uh, Memphis police officer, but he pled guilty to state and federal charges in the Tyree Nichols death. You guys remember that one. And, uh, and so in Memphis, Tennessee, a former Memphis police officer changed his plea on Thursday in the Tyree Nichols case. It became the first of the five officers who were, who were charged to reverse course. Now, Desmond Mills Jr. entered his plea during a hearing at the Memphis Federal Courthouse as part of a larger agreement to settle charges in state court as well. It wasn't immediately clear how the four other officers planned to respond or specifically whether they would follow suit. And I'm wondering whether they're going to use his testimony against the other guys. But Mills pled guilty to federal charges of excessive force and obstruction of justice on Thursday. He's agreed to plead guilty to related state charges. Prosecutors are recommending a 15-year sentence for the former officer, although the final sentencing is going to, uh, it's going to rest with the judge. Uh, Mills and four other Memphis officers, of course, were charged in federal court with using excessive force, failing to intervene, deliberate uh, interference, and conspiring to lie, as well as obstruction of justice, you know, in that viral arrest you know that was on video so um i don't know if there's any comments or not but if not let's move on to our our first story with the video component. Now, look i guys i will warn you uh this uh this video well for, for starters we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything and for our podcast and and radio listeners who are listening audibly uh we want you to stay loyal to the outlet you're hearing our show from but tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, we'll take this live show. We'll produce it professionally. We'll embed all the videos we talk about, put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys at rumble.com. If you go to our Leo Roundtable uh, channel, and that'll appear at nine o'clock in the morning. It's a different way to watch it, but we'll describe in great detail what's going on now. So this is our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, and it's on rumble.com. Dash and body cam video shows a former Velda City cop, well, two of them, shooting at a fleeing car. Uh, subject tried running us over. Um, he's coming back towards us. You stop! 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 Now! Let me see your hands! Stop! Let me see your hands! Open the door! Open the door! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get get out! Get out! Get on the ground! On the ground! And yeah, there was a bad guy in the car, but they're shooting at. So video footage released this week shows that two former, and there's a reason why they're former police officers, by the way. You'll get that in a second. Two former Velda City Police, which is in Missouri, officers opening fire on a driver who was fleeing a traffic stop in 2020. The shooting led to a rare instance of police officers being criminally prosecuted for on-duty shootings. The officers, 36-year-old Officer Matthew Shantz and 41-year-old Officer Christopher Gage, now, they both pled guilty to felonies, and they admitted shooting into a fleeing vehicle in February of 2020. So this is, what, three and a half years ago? Uh, the uh, driver, Antone Algie, was shot twice in the chest, but he survived. The footage begins when Officer Chance, a former St. Louis police officer with a history of criminal charges and misconduct, he stops Algie, our bad guy, in Floridell Hills, and this happened in February of 2020. Prosecutors said later that officers reported smelling marijuana in the car 
it's not initially clear on the video, but that's what they said. So when uh, when they pull this guy over, hey, I just got pulled over in the city. This is what Algy, our bad guy, tells the police officers. He rifles through papers in this glove box, and a woman in the passenger seat, she hands the officer a piece of paper. So Officer Sanchez tells Algy, the driver, that the temporary tag on the car, it does not match the vehicle. All right, well, that could be considered criminal in some states. If there's anything illegal in the vehicle is what he asks, that's what Sanchez says, and the guy, Algy, says, no, sir. And he goes, is there marijuana? And the guy goes, nah, nothing like that. And because here's the deal. This is what Officer Gage is saying now, uh, the other officer. If I find weed in this car, you guys are both going to go to expletive jail. And uh, damn, a little piece of weed is what the guy asked. And Officer Gage says, we don't need probable cause. We're going to search this car regardless. All right. And um, Officer Sanchez asked Algy and the woman to step out of the car. And Officer Sanchez, he starts to handcuff the woman. Now, Algy opens up this door, but he remains behind the wheel of the car. He's visibly agitated, and he's yelling. A few seconds later, he pulls away as Officer Gage stands next to the driver's door. Guys, the story's about to get really, really wild and crazy. You're not going to believe it. Stick with us, and we're going to be doing a commercial break. I'll pop the number back up again on the screen, but it's time to start calling in. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about Galls at Galls.com slash Leo. And you guys have certainly heard of the new Galls, right? The country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you guys haven't checked them out yet, you guys need to know. David, what is going on at Galls.com slash Leo right now? Dude, deal of the day or week, I don't know, 20% off Bates duty boots and free shipping. Goodness gracious. I mean, right there on the right in the very front page. I mean, wow, great deal. All right. So, uh, hey, it's time for that Gulls gift card giveaway, 863-225-2000. If you guys haven't got that yet, 863-225-2000, Gulls.com slash Leo. Check them out. Get a gift card for someone for Christmas, Galls.com slash Leo. Go there now. Call it now for the free gift card giveaway, too. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Balls Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. We do have a winner for the $50 Galls gift card giveaway, by the way. More information about our winner in a second. We're left off in the middle of a story. We got a couple of cops who got jammed up illegally, and they lost their jobs uh, stopping a, a vehicle that fled a traffic stop. So, uh, you know, after the female gets out and they're handcuffing her and our male driver takes off, uh, you know, uh, Officer Chance asks Algie, of course, they get out of the car. A few seconds later, the guy pulls away, like I just said, the officer standing next to the driver's story. So go after the car. Officer Chance yells to Officer Gage and Algie, our bad guy driving, he comes to a dead end. And, and I'm sure that's a pucker factor when you do that. So now he's got to turn around. He's going to go back towards the cops, right? So he turns around and starts heading back towards the cops. Now, he's coming back this way. Officer Chance yells on the radio, and he calls for backup over police radio and says that Algie just tried running them over. Well, that's questionable. But Officer Chance then walks to the middle of the street, and he points his gun at the oncoming car, and he starts yelling for it to stop. And this is all on video. But our driver does not stop. And Officer Chance open fires on the driver. The vehicle swerves around the officer, still driving on the roadway, and Officer Chance continues to shoot as the car drives away from him. Officer Gage now, our second officer, he also fires a few shots at the car as it drives by him. Uh, prosecutor said that Officer Chance fired at least nine times in all. Shots fired, Officer Chance yells in the video before getting into his patrol car and following Algie, our bad guy. 
who uh, slows to a stop about a minute later, and he bumps into the back of a parked car. Officers yell for him to exit the car. When they approach him, uh, you can see on video, he's bleeding, holding the side as the sirens are going off as usual. Get out of the car. Chance is yelling at the bad guy. He says, hey, I'm shot. Officer Chance pulls him from the car, places him on his knees. Man, I'm shot. And, uh, you know, the guy's telling the cops. So Belta City Police Chief Daniel uh, Polino, who's then on the scene, tells Algie, or cop, to calm, or, or I'm sorry, or, or bad guy to calm down. And with a few minutes, Algie is taken away uh, in an ambulance. Now, about uh, five months after the shooting, St. Louis County Prosecuting Attorney Wesley Bell announced first-degree assault charges against both the officers, Chance and Gage. St. Louis County Prosecuting Attorney Wesley Bell announced on Friday that the two uh, Belda City police officers are being charged with first-degree assault and armed criminal action for the traffic stop that resulted in officers opening fire February 25th, 2020. Officer Chance, who happened to be outside the, outside the jail at the time, to turn himself in, he, he interrupted Bell's news conference, and he told reporters that he was yelling and screaming for the vehicle to stop and that he was scared for his life before he ended up firing. And we are trained to neutralize the threat, is what he said, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. And he said that he was not trained to turn around and run away when asked why he did not step out of the vehicle's path. Officer Chance ultimately pled guilty in September to felony second-degree assault and was placed on five years probation as part of the plea deal. Uh, St. Louis County prosecutors reduced the charge from first-degree assault and dropped a second count of armed criminal action. So this is our main shooter, right? And he took a plea deal. His partner, who was, I would say, arguably less involved because he just fired a few shots as the car went by to the side, I think he got the worst part of the deal except for the probation. He pled guilty to armed criminal action and felony unlawful use of a weapon late last year. And he was only placed on three years probation as opposed to his partner who got five. Both Officer Gage and Chance agreed to surrender their police licenses. They're not going to take jobs in security or law enforcement during their probation. Thank uh, God. That's scary. Wow. David. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, the, the, the second guy, he, well, it, listen, there's so much to this story. <laughs> it, I, you got two weeks because this is just, Amazing! I told um, you, yeah. you could not, you, you could not craft an incident where you got where you could actually do every single thing wrong better than this one. Um, I've never seen such a breakdown of police action. I think it, it since I've been doing this show. I mean, the every single thing was wrong. Um, I mean. I went through it part by part, and it was just absolutely. I mean, it was fascinating how bad it was. the 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 video speaks for itself. Uh, the actions of the Shantz guy um, were just absolutely, again, mind boggling. I I quit grinding molars because it, I've gotten to the point now where it's this this kind of crap doesn't even surprise me from these these types of idiots. This guy should have never been a police officer. Let's just just get that out of the way right now. Historically, he he had been a police officer, and it mentioned it in the article, but it didn't go in, into detail. He had been a police officer with the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department, and while there, he got into a domestic with his partner, and at his apartment where he choked him and then smashed his head against the wall in the bathroom, causing a fairly significant gash. And I looked at the probable cause statement. Thank you very much. But you said you said well, choked him? No. Chance yeah. choked his boyfriend ah. at his 
apartment where they live together as a domestic partner, a domestic couple. Gotcha. So it's domestic violence. That's where the charge comes from. Smashed his head against the wall in the bathroom, got a big gash on this other guy's head. And they identified the, the victim by initials. So I don't know what, what his name is. Then Chance goes out into the parking lot, gets into his car. I want to say somewhere in there, I read that he had, he had a gun with him. He and when the when the when the police arrived, his own agency arrives, he flees, he runs, they get into a pursuit until he finally stops where they take him into custody. He's arrested on a couple of felonies. This goes through the process. And of course, as we all know, with domestic violence, you know, his 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 partner, his boyfriend, whatever, you know, dropped the charges. Oh, forget about it. I don't want to do anything. So and so forth. So that goes away. Well, the police chief there in St. Louis, rightly so, after all that stuff says, yeah, not here and fires him. He fights, gets his job back. The civil service board won't let the chief fire this guy. So the chief has to go through a two year civil suit to get authority to fire this guy. Well, he finally does and he gets fired. Then lo and behold, and how in the heck this happened? Yeah, George, I do. I, I looked it up for you. Um, he gets hired with this other little agency of about 10 or 15 cops. It's a suburb of St. Louis. And why they hired him after all this, you kind of go, okay, wait, what? So when this happens, you go, well, okay, we're not surprised. So now it's the day of. They stop this car. They're, I mean, they are way over aggressive, way pushing the envelope, way pushy um, stuff, you know, on the traffic stop where you're just asking for resistance. I mean, you're not trying to massage this at all. You're just being just, I mean, aggressive and um, going after these people in the car. I mean, there's so many better ways of doing this. This guy has an obvious problem with authority being an authority figure and overusing that to the point where it, it was just bad. That was the beginning of it. The car flees, dead end, turns around, comes back. He says it tried to run him over. Yeah, no, that's a lie. Um, and then and then shoots at the car as it's coming toward him as the car's driving around him. Then they chase the car down the street where the the guy finally succumbs to his wounds. He pulls the car door open, and, and I thought he was going to shoot him again. I swear to God, I thought he was going to shoot him again there in the car. And he's yelling at him to get out, and the guy's sitting there curled over, just, I've been shot, I'm shot. Guys, cops, please. You shoot a guy three or four times, now you're screaming orders at him or directions for him to do something. Quite often, they can't. They just can't. They've been shot two or three times. doesn't work that way. You're, you're shutting him off. He, he's not going to be able to respond. So the fact that he got out of this, and all I can say is he better, Lord, that he's a crap shot and didn't kill this guy. Because if, if this guy had died, he he would, this both of these guys have been in prison. And during the video, you can watch the second officer look, continuously looking back at Chance as Chance is screaming at him to do something, shoot him, chase him, whatever, you know, this, and his shots were total reactionary. He, he had... He's another one that you look at and go, you have, you had, he had no individual control over what he was doing. He was following what he was being told and yelled at and reacting to. He, he, he had no clue why he was shooting, what he was shooting at, or any of that. I could tell that by watching it. But then again, here you are, another small agency, 
10 or 15 guys on the, on the, on the department, you know, and you're hiring this guy, uh, the whole thing is a mess. As Randy, our, our boy Randy would say, write the check because you might as well get it over with. Save wow. yourself the pain. You know, if they ever do audible dictionaries and, and they have like, uh, you know, I'm thinking about the visual from this. Uh, Officer created Jeopardy. This video should just pop up when you type in those words. It's oh, my God. Crazy. It, it was it was horrible. It was horrible. All right. Last commercial break, guys. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, though, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start the day with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm-knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. So, hey, guys, it's time to talk about Blue the Gold. So struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, and what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to BlueToGold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines into clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give this training for free thanks to BlueTheGold.com's free weekly webinars. So, hey, if you're wondering, see what this week's topic is about and next week's head over to BlueTheGold.com. Today, join forces with thousands of your peers in blue. Step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to blue the gold. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, David, I think we've uh, exhausted that first one. You know, we had a, a winner here on the phone call-in for the free $50 golf gift card giveaway, Bill Westerhoff. And, uh, you know, we got his address. He's in Haines City, and he's listening on the radio at 1360. So, uh, anyhow, uh, thanks, uh, Bill, for uh, listening to the show, and congratulations on uh, on the win. So, we will uh, I will email that to you as soon as the show is over. So, hey, David, yeah, what you got? No, so just, I was just laughing. At, it, it exhausted me, all right. And I, I was just going to tell Troy Scott out in Fort Worth, I'll try to use you moron more often. I know you like that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we got a bunch of streamers that are watching the show, so we're conversing with them as well. So look for our next uh, article here. We've got a uh, naked, well, leofairs.com. Yeah, a naked man crashes after stealing a police truck from an officer. The sad thing from the officer for the officer is that there's a video of him being overtaken by the naked dude that takes his truck. You know, a Las Vegas man steals a police vehicle on Tuesday night, gets into a crash, injuring himself and two other people, according to Las Vegas Metro Police. Um, officers responded about 11.10 p.m. Sorry about that, guys. 11.10 p.m. to a call regarding a person who was possibly experiencing a mental health crisis. Now, the naked subject encounters the first arriving officer was able to take a marked Metro uh, vehicle. It was a Ford F-150 pickup truck. Now, a few minutes later, uh, the truck heads north, crosses over southbound lanes as it enters the intersection on a red light. It collides with an SUV that's headed east. And it had, it had a green light. Now, the 29-year-old man in the police vehicle was taken into custody, transported to a medical center, substantial injuries. The driver was 34-year-old Las Vegas woman and a passenger, 43-year-old Las Vegas man. They were also taken uh, to uh, UMC with critical injuries. But, uh, yeah, our, our cop gets manhandled 
by a naked dude can't handle Listen. this guy and it's he's obviously outmatched outclassed but the cop was not the picture of physical uh health anyhow yeah you could see that from the citizen video it wasn't even a good video um you know a cop and, and the thing that just <laughs> leaps out at you at, on this on the screen is you know the black shoes and the white socks that the cops wearing and he, as he's stumbling falling all over himself yeah that that was that was to tell and even even this is butter doesn't like naked it's naked N-A-K-E-D, hey, naked, I say not naked. naked. I yeah, say and, naked. And, and this is butter is breaking your balls for it too, so there you go. <laughs> um, you know, this is an example of um, not being physically capable of doing your job, and, and this was it. it. It was pretty embarrassing. And guys, uh, listen, nobody, none of us, it's not our, believe me, by a long stretch of imagination to have to fight a naked guy. Um, but when you when you do use all the handles that are presented you in that in that instance and uh you will be much more successful uh when you wrestle or fight have to fight with a naked guy <laughs> well thank you thank you david all right guys uh moving along a law officer.com a man sentenced to seven months for political memes well, i think you're thinking okay there's got to be more to the story right so a judge in new york city has sentenced douglas mackey who operated the influential pro MAGA Twitter account called Ricky Vaughn in 2016 to seven months behind bars for, are you ready for it? Election interference. So Mackey was arrested by the DOJ department of justice shortly after Joe Biden took office in 2021. The case brought against him alleged that he interfered with the 2016 election because of a joke tweet telling people to text their vote to Hillary Clinton's campaign line. Now, Breitbart reported that the legal case against Mackey shortly after his arrest, noting that a leftist comedian posted exactly the same joke in reverse and faced no legal consequences. Shocker. So the criminal complaint alleges that at least 4,900 unique telephone numbers sent a message with the candidate's name to the number given on or about and before Election Day. It does not say whether any of them refrain from casting a real vote, though. Uh, neither the complainant nor the FBI's accompanying press release explains, however, how the government's plan was going to survive a First Amendment challenge. The law makes it a crime to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any person in the free exercise of enjoyment of any right. It does not specifically say anything about providing false information. Now, the sentence handed down by Obama-appointed federal court judge Annie, or I guess Ann Donnelly, followed a New York judge conviction of Mackey in March of this year, 2023. As noted by Mackey's legal team, prosecutors are using similar methods to prosecute Donald Trump and members of his team. Wow, you get in trouble for memes now, David. Yeah, I, that, that's. I mean, this sort of stuff is is really starting to get chilling. That's that's frightening. Um, I, it's I, I can't. You can't really say enough about it as far as how frightening it is when this goes on. We talked about it earlier, where the the DOJ has the ability to basically bankrupt you into into a, into a prosecution. And I'm sure that had something to do with it here as well. So, um, God, just 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 hope somebody takes somebody gets into office that that takes control back from these these uh, left wing nuts. So our next uh, story, it also has a video components in our favorite uh, video channel called This Is Butter, which is at Rumble.com. Henderson police release a body cam and it's footage of a fatal knife wielding encounter. So listen to this, guys. The Henderson Police Department shared new body cam footage in connection to an officer involved shooting that left one man dead 
last week. So on Friday, October the 27th, officers respond to a disturbance. It's just before 9.30 p.m. According to the dispatch, a man inside a residence with a knife is vandalizing the space and he cuts himself, right? Or he's intentionally cutting himself. So HPD, the agency, they respond and they're confronted outside by a 26-year-old man. He's holding the knife in a threatening manner towards the officers. The officers attempt to de-escalate the situation. They give the guy multiple verbal commands to drop the knife. While officers are giving these verbal commands to the suspect, he uh, ag- they, they're calling it aggress, but he, he aggressed a nearby citizen. Officers were later successful in regaining his attention so that now he's focusing on them instead of the citizen. He continues to, um, to aggress towards the officers. And he's still refusing to drop the knife, and he's yelling for the officers to shoot him. So now we're looking at what a potential suicide by cop situation. Officers attempt to tase the suspect. Taser's not effective. And then they, uh, officers then disengage their weapons, striking the suspect. So, I'm sorry, disengage, discharge their weapons. Sorry. So they hit the guy. They end up shooting him after the taser and uh, after retreating backward from him for blocks. Now, look, the amount of time and the yelling while going backwards, telling this guy that what they're going to do. It was going on and on and on. And luckily, our officer, who I think might have been a female, David, I don't know if you're, if, uh, you know, it was a higher pitched voice, but sometimes they get that way in these encounters. The suspect ended up dying from his injuries. David DiAgresta. Yeah. The, the, again, best practices versus all's well that ends well uh, police work. I've said it and I'll continue to say it. You have somebody like that. You can only deescalate a situation you've, if you have someone who is willing to engage in that de-escalation and that, and that person was obvious the, this bad guy was obviously not, I don't, I mean, you have a singular officer that gets there first. He comes upon this guy and the guy starts to advance on him with a knife. He starts giving him uh, commands to stop, drop the knife, please don't do this. You know, the, the whole nine yards begging and pleading. And that's fine. But you're in an, he, he was, they were in an apartment complex. So the whole time that this officer is backing up and backing up and backing up around buildings, underneath stairwells, through the parking lot, underneath parking areas, all this kind of stuff, you're just waiting, just waiting for them to bump into another uh, citizen, which they finally do. Now, the other citizen, uh, another guy is looking at us going, what, what, are you, get, what are you doing? Get away from me. But the guy with the knife turns toward him and, and wants to go toward him. And the cop is now yelling at the citizen to get away, run away, please get away from him. You know, get away, get away, which the guy does. He, you know, walks around, gets around the car and goes away. But but this is a, a perfect example of letting these things draw out so long that, uh, that someone else gets involved and potentially to be hurt, stabbed, shot, whatever. They finally put the guy down, which, again, keep him in the box. Don't let him out of the box. End it when you have to. And that's just it. Uh, otherwise, try to taser. It didn't work. But again, uh, at what point do you, do you pull the trigger? Way yeah, too I long. mean, the taser's not the answer for everything, right, David? So Yeah, not by long, so, no, not by and, long and, stretch. And it's not meant to be. So, um, a little great show, David. I'm so glad you made yourself available on uh, on Friday and tell your wife I said thank you as well. Uh, usually take this time to talk about the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. It's a 501c3 created by Lieutenant Randy Sutton, retired from Las Vegas Metro Police Department. They're helping cops out in the world of hurt. Uh, guys suffering from things like PTSD and other issues that maybe they're not necessarily helped out by the department or even offered a disability retirement out. So the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. If you guys are looking for an organization to support, get involved with, or maybe even volunteer at, um, they are worthy of your attention. The Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. 
so guys, I do want to uh, announce our sponsors again. Please support our sponsors. You know, they're they're making this pro law enforcement uh, platform available to you guys for free. Uh, Motion DSP, AUPire.com, Gauls, GunLearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.Live, Bang Energy, thanks for the fuel. Also, uh, Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com, and Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceMedia.com. Thanks for carrying our content. Look, I hope everybody has a wonderful and safe weekend, guys. We will see you back Monday, 12 o'clock Eastern time. Have a great weekend.